0: There, Oh. No? It's me. It's Mike. It's day 352, 7:40 p.m. I'm still here. If you're out there, say something, or, or give me a sign. I won't even, won't even say anything. Just, I wanna know if you're okay.
1: welcome back to the ham radio podcast as always i'm your host ashley and today i have a special guest who is returning to the program miss jasmine petty jasmine how are you i'm good how are you i'm good yeah i just got back from a week of uh, summer youth camp and honestly it feels like it's been a month but it was very fun and you know had a couple kids uh in my cabin that loves Stranger Things, so that's what we talked about before bed, so it was all good, but uh, yeah, just glad to be back to recording some episodes here.
0: Right on, summer camp is always fun.
1: Yeah, it's the first time I've ever volunteered for camp, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was definitely an experience, but uh, (laughs) it was fun. Wouldn't have traded that for the world, so that's good um so jasmine is here today to talk about stranger things season four uh we'll talk a little bit about like predictions that we got right predictions we didn't get so right and you know talking about some relationships in this season we're gonna talk a little bit about season five all that good stuff so jasmine i want to ask you to start off this episode something that a lot of people were talking about is why do you think Eleven couldn't locate Max in her mind? And do you think they should have just killed Max off?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's um, a really big, uh, yeah, big kind of question mark this uh, coming to next season. Um, My, so I'm glad they didn't kill her off because I like that they left it open-ended because I feel like they did wrap up a lot of things at the end of the season. So it was nice to kind of have a couple of things where you're like, oh, I don't don't know where that's gonna go. Um, And there's so many possibilities. Um, And I really enjoyed Max's journey this season and I thought Sadie Sink did such a great job. Uh, So I'm really excited to see where that storyline goes. Um, In terms of why Elle couldn't locate her, my personal theory is that like, her body's still alive, but her mind is somewhere else. And since we know that, like everyone reacts differently to being in a comatose state, and there's still so much we don't understand about the human brain, to me it kind of felt indicative of that and kind of that whole, you know, like where do you go when you're in that state? Um, and my theory is that, you know, since we know that L can manipulate electricity, um, I can see L kind of honing her powers, like I once talked about, and then practicing maybe with her mother, kind of like as a test run to see if they can kind of restart something there, and then using those abilities to to bring Max back. Um, although I have heard the theory like from other people that they think that like Vecna takes people's souls, which is why El couldn't find Max in the void. And then once they kill him, her soul will be released and Max will come back to life and everyone who died in the upside down, will be brought back to life. I don't know if I believe that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I've seen you know a lot of people talking about that theory. So um, I yeah, I think it was a good cliffhanger, you know, well, it was like really really sad it was like yeah like there, there's you know people are speculating and that gives kind of people something to speculate
1: about until uh
0: season five comes out
1: yeah well um I kind of think within the same vein uh as you do I think she st- is still alive but she's in a coma uh the question is what I guess we have to figure out now is like uh really why she's in that coma it's because you know is it because she is with Vecna because you know when they lit him on fire you know we see like his mindscape disappearing but we don't really know where it goes to if that makes sense uh so I initially had thought that you know Vecna took her with him um Think that could still be a possibility, but I also do think that uh, maybe eleven, maybe a little, a little bit too far. Uh, when she got her powers back, I think to a degree, Doctor Brenner may have been correct when he said, you know, she wasn't ready to go up against Vecna, and how you know powerful he is. She just wasn't quite ready to go up against someone with who's that powerful with those type of abilities that he has. And I think maybe between Eleven and Vecna, battling Max in her mind and in his mind, I think maybe maybe went a little, little bit too far, uh, but in terms of where Max, her consciousness is, I've heard the theory that she's hiding Kind of like Will did in season one, hiding in a mm-hmm. happy memory. Yeah, that's
0: it. I am that's a good um,
1: idea. Um yeah, but uh I do I do like that they kept her alive because I like Max and I think she's gonna be an integral key part of season five because I do think because she was the fourth death and was the fourth gate, and it's the reason that the upside down is now coming into Hawkins and I think finding her and her consciousness and getting her back will probably be the key to uh you know defeating Vecna once and for all and the upside down so
0: yeah (laughs) there's my theory yeah I agree I I think that you know trying to find her in the void and, and getting her back I think that is going to be key and I have a friend who had a theory they're like well I feel like it's going to be one of those Max has a memory because, you know, Vecna showed her all that stuff before, you know, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: before she quote-unquote died. So, you know, there's going to be something in her consciousness or her memories that they're going to need. Or, you know, maybe he showed her something, you know, that Mm -hmm. um, combined with what Nancy saw, you know, was going to help them understand, um, you know, something about how to defeat Vecna or, you know, why the Upside Down is um, stuck in 1983. I mean, I have a theory about that as well. Mm -hmm. But... You know, kind of the idea that, you know, like she's going to be in a coma, but, you know, figuring that out or getting access to those memories or bringing her back is going to be, I feel like an ongoing, like plot throughout the season with some mm-hmm. kind of big finale where they're going to get her back. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be an integral part because otherwise, like the Duffers have said, they they did consider killing her off, but they chose to leave it like a question mark mm-hmm. for a reason and they said they can't go into that. So I'm like, okay, well, that's got to be really critical to the plot. Yeah. Because every other time where it's been like, oh, we can't talk about that or they've misdirected, it's it's usually pretty critical. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a big part of, of season five.
1: Yeah, I know. I also know that some people on the internet and even people I know personally were like, you know, they should have just killed her off. You know, we don't really really wouldn't need her in next season like what max is like one of the best characters like what are you talking about
0: yeah yeah I, I agree i think she's an integral part of the of the show the same way that steve is i mean like yeah you know you could there's a lot of characters that you know weren't supposed to be there long term or you know survive past season one or two um i'm really glad that they did so yeah i think she's an integral part i also think it balances that because I saw people, you know, before the season came out, people being like, oh, you know, they weren't they were happy that it was going to be a more of a max-focused season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really happy with the way they, they did that. I think they did a good job. And I feel like it balances that out because it's like, hey, this season was very max-focused in the Hawkins plot. But next season, since we know she's going to be in a coma, mm-hmm. that allows them to shift the focus. Uh, and they've already said they're going to focus heavily on Will and that, you know season five is gonna be like season one on steroids which I'm so pumped for because season one is my favorite season Mm -hmm. so I'm really really excited about that and uh yeah I think it does a good job of kind of like balancing out you know the different kind of um you know how fans are kind of reacting to that you know
1: yeah yeah totally um so what are some predictions that you got wrong like these can be like heading into the into volume one or they can be like between volume one, volume two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's hard to even remember what my predictions were between volume one and two, but I, just, I think I'll just focus on what I kind of had uh, before the season came out because I feel like it's such a blur that time and then, you know, what actually happened, you eclipsed everything. Um, But yeah, some of the stuff I got wrong was you know we talked about this last time, but a lot of people had theorized that Will was in love with Mike, and I was like, no, like he's got to be falling for a fellow classmate. Um, And so I was very wrong about that one. Um, And I think the reason I was kind of against that was I felt like that would be a very sad storyline because you know Mike and Elle are are together and they're in love, and Elle Mm -hmm. is like a like a sister to Will. Um, And so I I thought that was gonna be a very sad storyline for Will and I wasn't a fan of that, but to be honest, like they didn't make it sad. Like I felt like, I mean, it was a bit sadder in volume two but overall, I think you got to see a lot of, um, you know, a lot more of the interpersonal stuff for Will and kind of, you know, uh, like Noah Chopra said, you know, like normally he's dealing with kind of like the supernatural stuff with regards Mm -hmm. to Will's storyline, but this was more of personal kind of relationship dynamics um, and we got to see that this season Um, him kind of, you know, figuring himself out. Um, mm-hmm. So I did actually enjoy that storyline. I mean, it was heartbreaking, but at the same time, I felt like it did give voice to a very real experience um, for many people, especially this is the 1980s and even into the 1990s, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I really did enjoy that. And my friends and I have been talking about how, like, one of our biggest, wishes for next season is that, you know, Will gets to have, you know, a coming out scene, you know, mm-hmm. you get to see Mike's reaction, but also Elle's reaction. And we're really hoping that he gets to have a glow up, you know, like a better yeah. haircut, the ball cut, better clothes, yeah. and it like, you know, having processed through that and come out the other side that, you know, he finds love, you know, like a, a classmate, or maybe, you know, my personal theory is, that, you know, like, maybe there's some new people that moved to town, you know, to kind of help with the relief efforts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through that he meets, you know, somebody's kid and then, you know, um, because, you know, I've seen a lot of people out there who really want Mike and Will to be together. And I, like, I'm not opposed to that, but I also don't feel like we've seen any indication that Mike is is gay or, or feels that mm-hmm. way, you know? Um, and a lot of people said, you know, you can tell in the performance, that kind of thing. Well I know I don't deny that. Um I since we, you know, since they've made it pretty clear that like I feel like Elle and Mike are like, you know, ride or die. Yeah. Um I don't I don't see that happening. Um and honestly, I don't think I'd i really want that for Will because like Mike has been so focused on his relationship with, with Elle. He's been a pretty shitty best friend for like the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um and I love Will's a character, so I want him to kind of glow up and become more comfortable with himself and find love with somebody who's like a hundred percent into him, mm-hmm. you know, isn't isn't embarrassed about it, you know, is just all in. And I don't think Mike is that person right now. Um so that's really one of the things I'm hoping for the most next season. Um something else I got wrong was Elle having killed the other children in the lab, although I feel like we all got that <laughs> one wrong. Yeah. Um, I love the twist with one. I thought the acting was so good there. You know, the, like the micro expressions when he goes from being like this kind orderly to being like the villain. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was so well done. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was.
0: Yeah. Um, when we talked about this last time, uh, I thought, thought Brenner was dead. It was going to be flashbacks and you really, you thought he was alive and you were right about that one. Um, yeah. I honestly I wasn't super thrilled to see him back but I did think that storyline was interesting I hope he's Mm -hmm. actually dead this time (laughs) (laughs) we'll see we'll see um and I was hoping something I was hoping for was to see more like Murray and Erica interactions which we Mm -hmm. didn't get um and that was something I kind of felt let down by the ending when they skipped over those two days and we don't really Get to see the full cast get the end like we normally do yeah we don't find out what yeah. happened to murray or ends of the guard and his family um so I, I felt a bit led down by that like i get that they wanted to end with that note where they're looking um towards where you know the crevices are and like they realize that the upside down is coming into the right side up mm-hmm. um but I yeah I, I wasn't a super big fan of how the fact that they skipped two days and you know that we only got to see parts of the cast especially because Jonathan and Argyle were at the cabin but Steve Robin Dustin Lucas Erica they weren't and like my friend that I watched with we both kind of turned to each other and we were like what the heck like Jonathan's at the cabin but Steve's not like Steve was integral to the plot this season like yeah. integral like and Jonathan did nothing Jonathan did nothing why the hell is he here so I wasn't I I, like I liked volume two although I really wasn't a fan of the epilogue that we got Mm -hmm. um and something I I will say something that kind of between volume one and two I I thought would happen that didn't that disappointed me was I thought we were going to see Nancy and Jonathan break up and then we were going to get some kind of you know romantic kind of decoration or scene between Nancy and Steve or some kind of inkling that that was going on there and clearly there's been a setup for next season but I was hoping for something yeah I was hoping for Nancy and Jonathan to break up at the end of the season so that next season they could kind of start off with Nancy and Steve mm-hmm. um, and I'm disappointed that that's been pushed to I mean it's got to happen on the first episode of next season otherwise like I mean, we're just, everyone's just hate watching Jonathan for the whole damn season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and it, because what bothered me was that, like, it's very obvious that like, they're going to break up because like, he's lying to her. They're obviously not happy. They don't want the same things. Um, you know, so I, I wish that had happened that way. You know, we kind of, we could have picked up like a month later, um, yeah. you know, beginning of next season and could have kind of seen Nancy and Steve kind of find their way back to each other, you know?
1: Yeah, because, like, I know the Duffer brothers, like, within the last week or two said that season five is going to open up, like, we're going to, like, pedal to the metal, it's going to be, we're not going to have a lot of buildup like we did this season, and it's like, but with the way you ended things with certain characters this season, it's like, you know, you kind of have to at least slow down a little bit in season five to address those things. I don't really know right now how they're going, uh, how it's all going to play out um, because, especially with Steve and Jonathan and Nancy, all that now love triangle, I guess you'd say, I don't really know how they're all, how that's going to be addressed and wrapped up in the final season, but I mean, I, I trust the Duffer brothers to, to make it happen, but yeah, I think that was definitely something with the epilogue that, uh, you know, should not, that should not have happened that way, which we'll get more to that when we, we go full into the epilogue, but I I totally agree with everything you're saying about that uh, relationship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, it's like, you know, I kind of, you kind of wanted it to like end on a certain point. So when they picked up next season, they could have that jumping off point. And it feels like they pushed that jumping off point to the beginning of next season, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I wasn't a fan of. And I think a lot of fans are feeling that way where it's like, yeah, we would have liked something more definitive here because with you leaving it up in the air, or it's like, okay, well, you know, this is going to happen, but now you're waiting for it. Um, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I would have liked something more definitive there and, uh, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like I, like I said, I, I, I trust them. I, I think it is going to be good, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of disappointment, I think, with, with the epilogue, uh, which we'll get into. Um, do you, do you want to talk about the, some of the predictions, uh, that we got right? <laughs>
1: uh, Yeah uh because while it, i'll be honest with you like i there's very few predictions that i actually got right or theories because most of mine were wrong but the only one that i really got right and that i'm so proud of myself for getting this right is this was actually after volume two when uh, nancy is still in a vecna trance and you know you heard for a month you know what kind of song how are they going to get Nancy out of the trance? Like, what song are they going to play? Like, you know, what what will happen with Max? And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. They're not going to do it that way again. Like, Vecna's going to let her go. And that's what happened. And I was just so proud of myself for getting that right, because, you know, you have to look at the logistics there of Vecna brought her into his past. Like he wanted her to to see everything. She didn't see the clock, so she didn't really get Vecna. And now we know that Vecna's plan the whole time was for Max to be the fourth and final victim, not Nancy. And so I knew like he's going to let her out of the trance. So that was that was the biggest prediction that I got right. And I also, like you mentioned, I did uh, get right that Doctor Brenner would come back. He would be back in the present day. Although I wasn't exactly thrilled with how they brought him back, I thought we would have at least gotten an explanation or two about as to how he survived the Demogorgon attack, why he's you know out here with this Nina project, and how he's been able to be under su- such secret such secrecy and stuff. Um, I thought the uh, the big reveal of him was a little bit lackluster uh, for me, but I also like how they did have him back for flashbacks and all that good stuff. And you were also mentioning about Eleven being the uh, one who massacred all the children. I didn't think that she was the one in the beginning I didn't really think that, but I did think based on the second teaser with the lab and kind of always what I thought with seasons one through three, I always thought that Brenner was the one who ordered Eleven to kill all the children because he figured that she was the most powerful one and he could actually do something with her that he couldn't with the others, uh, which didn't really happen. But yeah, those are like the two two main predictions that I actually got right. So uh, Jasmine, you were talk about what you got right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a good catch with uh, with Nancy. I like that once we saw volume two, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I was kind of I was in the camp of you know, what's you know, are they gonna use a song? What song is it gonna be? And then people were speculating, okay, it's gonna be like a something, a song that's gonna have something to do with. Steve and Nancy, so it's to be like Africa by Toto, or mm-hmm. you know, or Steve's favorite song, or that kind of thing. Um so yeah, I was I love that scene where like Robin, you know, was talking Eddie, he's like, We need music. He's like, This is music.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it was great. That was great.
0: That made me laugh. And he was a great addition. I'm sad he died. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, some of the stuff I got right. Um yeah, there, well, we talked about this briefly last time, but there being something going on with, with Jonathan and Nancy not spending time together over spring break. Um, like when we talked about this last time, I was like, I don't know what's going on there, but I feel like something is up. Mm-hmm. And I was right about something being up. I mean, I didn't expect, um, you know, I didn't expect like Jonathan had gone off the rails and that like Steve was going to emerge as, you know, um. Like the better choice uh because i was more expecting it you know there was something going on with jonathan nancy i wasn't really sure what it was though and you know steve is going to get like a new love interest the way that robin did Mm -hmm. um but i did i did kind of have the sense that something was up with that you know because they were in different posters and we got the descriptions and i was like yeah something is up there you know Mm -hmm. um so uh, that that made me, I was like, oh, like, I called that one. And then Steve and Robin both getting love interest. This was something I'd wanted since season three. Uh, I love that Robin, um, you know, I loved her storyline with Vicky. Mm-hmm. I loved how supportive Steve was. Um, I love how they built that. I thought it was very subtle and very nice. Um, I'm a big, like, John Hughes, Molly Ringwald, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles fan. Yeah. So... And they said that her character, Vicky's character, and even the hair color was based on Molly Ringwald. So I mm-hmm. love that. Um, like her outfit when they're at the, like the, the store when they're getting supplies mm-hmm. was you know uh, like, she could have been like, she looked just like her. I thought that was great. Yeah. And um, I love that. And I loved, you know, we got to learn more about Steve and his dating life. And we really got a sense of what he'd been up to between seasons three and four Um, which I like because I don't think we really got that in the same, quite the same way with all the other characters because they kind of did jump into the action. But I like those scenes with Robin and Steve where, you know, like that scene in the car when he's driving her to the pep rally, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot was established. We kind of see where he's at. Um, And so we really get a sense of what's been going on with him, you know, between the seasons Mm in a way we hadn't before. So I really love that. Um, And I really love that they set him and Nancy up for season five uh, I was not expecting that. I didn't think Steve and Nancy would ever make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they did it really, really well. I loved the way they handled that. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see them, you know, that that storyline kind of come to fruition um, in season five. Um, and I guess kind of the biggest one, this is I think what everybody was really hoping for is Joyce and Hopper finally getting together. Yeah. Oh, like, you knew it was going to happen. It'd been like a slow burn since season one, but still it was, uh, it was so satisfying, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, because for so long, you know, like Hopper was obviously interested in her, but there was this hesitancy on her part because she was grieving and because, you know, she'd gotten divorced and everything she'd been through. Um, and, you know, like there was kind of that sense after season you know everything happened in like you know in season one that you know her and work were going to finally get together but then you know it's kind of implied but you know like he takes an L he starts you know he's occupied with that he can't tell her what's going on so you know she knows he's like she must have realized he was lying to her about something you know he kind of pulls away to deal with that and in the wake of it you know Bob steps in and is like you know he's always you know had a crush on her and so you know I think as an audience, you know, as a fan, I was happy for, you know, mm-hmm. yours that she'd found love again. Um, but you knew from the beginning that Bob was going to die. He was just too good. You know, yeah. He, was, yeah. he was just too good for this world. You're like, oh, something's happened to that guy. Um, one, he was too good. And also, like, you knew her and Hopper were going to get together at some point. So, you know, yeah. something was happening to Bob. Um, And he was too nice of a guy for them to have pulled, like, I don't know, he did something wrong and they broke up. So he knew something was going to happen to Bob. Um, so yeah, that was super satisfying. And also just the fact that like Joyce, that like Joyce was kind of the instigator there and that she mm-hmm. was like 115% into it. Yeah. Um, I love that because you kind of had this hesitation on her part up till that point. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I love that. And I love the way that they they did it and just their expressions when they're like making out. And then the phone goes off and her expression, when she's like, oh, come on. <laughs> and,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and just, I saw someone, there was like, I saw a post where somebody was like, Joyce Byers single-handedly held up the phone industry in season one just for them to do her like this.
1: Yeah, like, yeah.
0: Called a portrayal. <laughs> she's like, not to be like, remember they're listening and just having to pause and it's like, uh-huh. oh, so um I was so glad I was right about that. I love them. I feel like everyone has a different opinion on all the other relationships, mm-hmm. but everybody agrees on Joyce and Hopper. <laughs> like everybody yeah. agrees that they're meant to be. Um and, you know, something I would say I got right and also got wrong is I kind of pictured them coming back to the US and Hopper moving to California and them all being like a family there. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't anticipate, you know, them all moving back to Hawkins, but like right idea, wrong place, you know, like, I was kind of picturing them finally getting together, and, you know, all of them, you know, them and their kids becoming a family, um, so, yeah, right idea, wrong mm-hmm. place, um, but, yeah, I was super, um, yeah, I was super, super happy when that finally happened.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they might actually have to uh, move out to Lenora. it depends on what uh what becomes of hawkins uh, at the end of next season so I like, they like
0: move back to california though i mean like the kids obviously hated like I'll attack that girl with a roller skate like i don't feel like they obviously hated living there so i don't think they'd move back to california um but I, like i could see them moving somewhere else I, I have a friend who's a big stephen king fan mm-hmm. and she had a theory she was like i feel like they might might wind up moving to maine yeah Bob's
1: house that house yeah
0: yeah well her book yeah, wasn't like was see that. Bob and more but yeah well more about the fact that like most Stephen King novels are set in Maine mm-hmm. because he's from there and they're like yeah they can move to the fictional town of, like Derry Maine and like really drive the Stephen King reference home <laughs> and, like yeah yeah so I I could I could see that I mean I like them being Hawkins I mean They were obviously unhappy in California Mm -hmm. I like seeing like the whole like one thing about having the whole I think everyone back in Hawkins for season five is that like you get to see the whole cast interact together Mm -hmm. um which I think is good um and I'm looking forward to that but yeah Mm -hmm. I can see them moving to Maine or something when this is all over um yeah
1: yeah so
0: um what was your favorite plot line Oh, my favorite plot line. Um, I'd say the I would say the Hawkins plot. So, yeah. you know, the Creel had investigating the Creel house, Vecna, um, that whole thing. I love the dynamics. Um, I love all the Steven Nancy stuff. I love seeing Robin and Nancy become like a dynamic duo and then becoming friends. Um, it was cool to see kind of the interactions between Lucas, Dustin, and, and Max, um, which I feel like was kind of a throwback to season two um, yeah I love seeing that I love like kind of the, all Lucas and Max stuff um, I just thought it was very interesting um, I also really appreciated on a personal level the, the storyline with Victor Creel mm-hmm. um, when they got to see him at the psychiatric facility like I thought they did a good job of you know like showing what a facility like that would actually be like at the time mm-hmm. Um and because, you know, something that I, I really appreciated was when, you know, they were announcing casting and information was coming out. There was that, um, oh, I mean, we now know it was kind of like um, a red herring, but they did announce something about, you know, them casting um, an actor to play like an orderly and how, you know, like, when he finally stand up with the brutality he sees every day. Yeah. And with, um, what is it, um, with Jamie. And so they are him a fake name and everything. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, God, I hope they don't do the like crazy person escape from the asylum, like that type of horror, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Because personally, I find that very offensive um, as someone whose life has been touched by mental illness. I just think mm-hmm. it's horribly offensive and just plain wrong. And there's nothing entertaining about, like, I don't understand people who are into that, quite frankly, like, um I mean at this point I think there's an acknowledgement culturally anyway that you know like that's not an okay thing to do and you know it's basically making fun of people for being sick um and so I was when that was first announced I was like oh god I hope they don't go that route like that would just ruin the whole series for me um because I've had that happen you know I've been you know watching other tv shows and you know it's like a comedy or something and you know Everything's great. And then they do a Halloween episode and there's like an escape mental patient plot. And I'm like, really? Seriously? Um, so I really like that they showed they were realistic about that plot and they found a way to make it creepy and interesting mm-hmm. while also being super respectful. Like never in that plot did you feel they were making fun of Victor Creel or any of the other patients. Um you know, and I it felt realistic, it felt mm-hmm. true. Um you know, and I was like, this is a nice facility. Like, you know, like the whole point where they're like, oh, there are no fences, there are no gates. And it's like, well, most people are here of their own accord. They want to get better or they they feel this is what's best for themselves. And that's true. I mean, most uh, places are, you know, they're, they're voluntary or, you know, you're, you know, you're, um, you're taken there because, you know, you're a danger to yourself. So mm-hmm. I felt like that was realistic and I thought it was really beautifully done and really interesting. And um yeah I like that they found ways to kind of like they had kind of like Silence of the Lambs references and and Freddy Krueger references with mm-hmm. in a way that was respectful and um yeah I really appreciated that they did that and I found it super interesting um I also love like the Dustin and Steve moments um mm-hmm. and yeah the, I just thought the whole thing was was so well done mm-hmm. um and I'd say a runner up to that would be the Russia plot which I also thought was super interesting
1: interesting <laughs> yeah because that um uh, rush plot uh probably my least favorite and i know a lot of people who uh not too thrilled about that plot and so one of the reasons that i don't didn't really like the russia plot was i mean it was just a little bit too uh dragged out for me and it didn't really didn't really seem to to come to really any big conclusions i mean i understand that they had to emphasize like this is why vecna and the upside down are so strong it's because you know this demogorgon in russia is over here eating prisoners and and whatnot but i mean like going back to season three with the russian plot like i knew that unless they can come up with a way to to really include Russia's storyline in a way that feeds into the overall story like this is a mistake and even like in season four they still really didn't do a whole lot I mean I also understand that this was supposed to be like Hopper's you know redemption story and I understand that but it's like all they did was get him to lose weight and get him off of alcohol and pills and cigarettes and I'm like you could have done that in America at the Ford Center like did you really need to send him all the way to to Russia and I just overall my least favorite plot but I'm with you like Hawkins was my my favorite plot like I thought When uh, the Creel House teaser, they showed that, like, when I saw that one, that was my least favorite teaser, I was like, I don't know about this, I don't really know if this is going to work, but after watching season four, it's it's my favorite plot. I actually thought California was going to be my favorite plot, but it turned out it really didn't really didn't do a whole lot other than they they got 11 back home but yeah Hawkins definitely my favorite plot just because you know that's like Stranger Things I mean it's Stranger Things is Hawkins I and mean, in every and in all its characters and everything in Hawkins so yeah I'm definitely excited in season five that we're going to get more of Hawkins.
0: Yeah, I, I agree about kind of the Hawkins plot. You know, straight is Hawkins. And I mean, like I was excited, I think from the teasers, you know, I was most excited for the Russia plot because, you know, we're gonna see, you know, Hopper's one of my favorite characters, and we're gonna see him and Joyce and Murray and, and all that stuff. And it did deliver on that. So I was happy with that. Um, I was also like I was I was a bit skeptical of the Hawkins plot because they kept saying, Oh, it's scarier, it's creepier. And I was like, more horror and I was like oh god I was really worried there's gonna be like a lot of jump scares you know Mm -hmm. yeah like there was in season one and I really hate those um (laughs) but there there wasn't and so I really enjoyed the Hawkins plot it was more like psychological but Mm -hmm. not in like a super creepy like disturb you kind of way but more in a like makes you think kind of a way Mm -hmm. um I really enjoyed so I based on what we were kind of told about what it was going to be and what it actually looked like. I really enjoyed it. Um, I do kind of see your point about the, the Russia plot because I thought what was going to happen is after they, you know, the helicopter comes down and, and they get Joyce and Hopper and Murray out of there, um, I was expecting us to find out, you know, them showing up in California and seeing the house destroyed or, yeah. you know, finding out, you know, what, you know, because they kind of just, because Enter the Guard is like, or Demetri or whatever you want to call him, like, He says to to Yuri, he's like, get us to America, which implies he's going with them. But they can't just leave his family behind. They they tell us that he has a wife and a a son that's around Mm -hmm. El's age. So they can't just leave those people behind because if they do, like they'll be killed. So did he did like that was also a pretty small helicopter, though. So did they all go to Alaska and then like Yuri went back for his family? Um, Mm -hmm. Were they all taken to Alaska and then from Alaska? straight to Indiana or were those other good they go to California first like like I was expecting to see all of that and they were like two days later and it's like what (laughs) like that so I feel like if that had been there I feel like that would have been more satisfying um and that kind of that big conclusion um that being said like I have kind of you know it was reported before volume two came out that like they were still editing and they were trying to get it down I think it was like All in all, I think volume two in total was like four hours or something. It took me like six Mm -hmm. hours to get through it with bathroom breaks. So on the other hand, I do understand that like it was already extremely long. Mm -hmm. So I think they were trying to cut down the runtime. But yeah, I I agree with you on that. And I, yeah, I thought I would like California, the California plot more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did enjoy Will's arc and I enjoyed kind of Elle's journey and and then that whole thing um but Jonathan turned out to be freaking useless and while Argyle was funny it was like they didn't really accomplish much and Mm -hmm. yeah like I feel like you would cut a lot of that plot and it wouldn't change what happened so Mm -hmm. that wasn't my favorite thing and um I'm excited to see everybody back in Hawkins for season five Mm -hmm because you know i feel like that bring like you know they've kind of talked about it coming full circle and going back to like team ups and relationships that we had in season one which i'm super excited for mm-hmm. and i think it's also going to show really clearly like what's working and what's not you know both for the characters and their relationships and also just from an acting perspective you know i think once mm-hmm. everyone's all together like certain people will shine other people will not and i think some of the things that you know easy for the cat for the characters to kind of like brush off or not deal with when everyone's separated Mm -hmm. when you're now all together and like it's up to you to save the world that stuff's gonna come to the forefront um which i think uh will be really interesting Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm I'm really excited uh for that so Um, speak uh sorry go ahead no no i was done (laughs) (laughs) um
1: so speaking of uh, Mike and Eleven, how did you feel about their uh, story arc this the season? And, and what about Mike's monologue?
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I like Mike and Eleven's relationship. I don't feel emotionally invested in it in the same way I do about other characters like Stephen, Nancy or Lewis and Hopper, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, like, I think Mike's been a pretty shitty boyfriend and best friend between <laughs> seasons three and four. You know, and even yeah. in season three, you know, um, he's he kind of just kind of fumbling along there. Um, but I, I do feel like he redeemed himself as a romantic partner by the end of the season. I feel like you really could understand his perspective and why he was struggling to tell Elle how he feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also seen a lot of really great character analysis analysis and commentary online about how Nancy and Mike probably have issues saying, I love you and expressing themselves that way because of, you know, they've grown up around their parents' loveless marriage. And, yeah. You know, Ted, was always asleep in his armchair and, you know, Kara's doing everything. And mm-hmm. it's like she says in Nancy in season three, you know, um, that, you know, the world beat her down and, you know, that she dreams and ambitions too. And eventually, like, mm-hmm. the world just beat her down so much that she gave up, you know, went for the whole American dream thing, you know, got married, got a house at the end of the cul-de-sac, you know, had three kids, but now you know, her, you know, even Holly's getting older to the point that she doesn't need her as much as she used mm-hmm. to. And you know, she just goes to jazzercise and bakes <laughs> and spends time on the phone with the PTA. And yeah, I mean, for God's sake, she almost had an affair with Billy last season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I feel like a lot of good commentary on that. I was like, yeah, it's a good point. Like, if you grew up around that, it would be hard, I think, mm-hmm. to express yourself. And if you've never seen an example of that kind of loving relationship, um, that's, you know, that, like a healthy one, mm-hmm. um, that would be difficult. So I, I really did get Mike's perspective there, you know, once he kind of you know, laid it all out. Um, and so I think he did redeem himself there. And, you know, I think we're going to see, um, you know, kind of the continuation of that relationship and, and Mike getting better at expressing how he feels. Mm -hmm. on the other hand i don't i think he started to redeem himself as a friend to will but i don't think he's quite made up for the way he acted and his lack of keeping in touch kind of between seasons Mm -hmm. as of yet um i feel like that's going to come in season five um so i'm excited for that um because i've always always really liked their friendship and and I, i think you know i think what they were trying to show there is you know as, as you get older and, and you mature and stuff you know your interests mm-hmm. change your what you're focused on changes and for a lot of us especially I think when we're you know in high school and you know um, get you know when we're around the 13 14 15 you know, as you get older you know relationships become a bigger part of that mm-hmm. um, and so I, I feel like that is realistic and I, I saw a lot of people commenting that like you know, that Mike's behavior not a character, but as a friend and I were saying, you know, my friend and I watched it, she was like, well, I feel like always, Mike's kind of always had a selfish side to him and been a bit self-centered. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think he does it on purpose. I don't think he's trying to hurt anybody. He just, he's focused on what he's focused on and he can be kind of oblivious to everything else going on around him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I don't think he... I don't think he even realized that he wasn't probably keeping in touch with Will, you know, as much as he should. You know? Um, so I'm interested to see how that goes in season five. And I, I think they are going to get Mike to redeem himself and then be a better friend and kind of delve into that more because uh, the setup was there. But they delved into his relationship with Eleven quite heavily this season. I feel like his friendship with Mike uh, Mike and Will Smith will be delved into more in season five. Um, and I'm really interested to see, kind of like I said, you know, about Will coming out and, and um because I thought we were gonna see him come out in volume two, like I thought they were like officially going to like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so I I kind of hope that happens um in season five, and then we kind of get to see everyone's reactions to that. Uh, because I think with that context, Mike will understand more, and I also interested to really see. Eleven's reaction because, you know, like she considers Will like her brother and she loves Mike and these people have taken her in Um, and, you know, compared to all the other characters, I mean, everybody else kind of has that entrenched homophobia and all the kind of isms and and stuff we all, you know, when you grow up around it, you, you know, you kind of take it on without realizing it, I think. Um, But Elle doesn't have any of that. So... I'd be interested to see kind of her reaction versus Mike's you know yeah um like if would she even understand
1: like what homosexuality even is you know
0: yeah yeah I mean I, I feel like she would I feel like but I feel like Mike trying to explain like why people think that's bad like I feel like that would be a difficult conversation because mm-hmm. to Elle it's like she doesn't have like I mean she probably doesn't even understand what racism is like you know what I mean like that stuff is learned you grow up like culturally you grow up with it right mm-hmm. so she didn't have any of that you know like I feel like that would be such a foreign concept to her that like I feel like that would I feel like that would be a very interesting like conversation to see played on screen mm-hmm. um and they've done so much setup. I feel like they are going to do that. Like, I feel like they can't, they, like they have to address the elephant in the room, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so i will be really interested to see that. And also like, the other characters' reactions, because there's that kind of that sense that like, even from season one, like, if you look at like the, like the words the bullies use to make fun of Will versus the other characters, you know, it's one of those, like, it's a secret, but it's not a secret, you know? Mm-hmm. Like everybody kind of knows but they're not saying anything because, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of, you know, it was that time, you know, you, yeah. there's, you know, where you just didn't talk about so many things. Um, you know, like there's that old joke that, you know, um, boomers these days are always like, well, in my day, we didn't have this or in my day, we didn't talk about this. And it's like, yes, you did. You just didn't talk about it. Uh-huh. Like, so. Um, yeah. Really excited to see that play out. And um And like as as for his monologue, I liked his his speech, and I I thought the acting from Finn and Noah Miller was really really well done. It felt genuine. The only thing I didn't like, and I've seen like a lot of reactions to this online, was his line about how his life started the day they found Al in the woods,
1: <laughs> and you see Will in the in the background, <laughs> like the look on his face. I've seen oh, that yeah. too, and it was like, dude. <laughs> Like, I know you're in yeah. the moment, but you got to be aware of the guy, your best friend, who is the reason you were in the woods in the first place, to look for him. And then you found this girl. And I mean, I understand yeah. what Mike was saying there, but it's like, come on, man.
0: Yeah, it's like he didn't think it through, because that's also the day Will disappeared, right? And so he says that to him, and he's like, he largely he only called him like twice in the past year. He's largely ignored him in favor of who, who's been lying to him. Uh-huh. And, you know... Will's just being are trying to be supportive and like <laughs> I feel, like, yeah. I feel like, that's the thing. like Mike doesn't think before he speaks a lot of the time mm-hmm. and so like, I feel like he didn't even realize like he didn't even think about it that way and so I'm expecting some kind of scene in season 5 where like Will's gonna find just like loot on his ass and be like and this and this and this and this and Mike's gonna be looking at him like oh shit and like Because he's going to have registered, like, none of that.
1: Yeah.
0: And, like, and, like, the else, you know, defense, like, not only is she, like, in this state, but, like, she also doesn't know that that's the exact day Will disappeared. Like, she just escaped the lab. Like, you know what? So, you know, in her defense, too, like, you know, she doesn't know. So, uh, yeah, I, I like everything else but that line. And so I feel like we're definitely going to come back to that. Um, Yeah. And I'd really like to see, like, Mike and Will have a heart-to-heart in season five. Like, it all come mm-hmm. out. And then, you know, Mike show up and, like, apologize. And, you know, and just kind of clear the air and become close again. Um, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to season five. And I feel like that that needs to happen. Um, you know, for there to be kind of... For there to be a satisfying ending, I feel like that needs to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I liked...
1: Uh, Mike's monologue I thought uh, it was written very well I thought the delivery was very well the only thing other than you know that line about my life began the day I found you the woods um, the only other thing I really that just really irks me about it is not from from Mike's perspective it's actually from Eleven's you know I just didn't like how in that moment, it seemed like she needed this pep talk to save Max. I felt like, uh, you know, since Max is Eleven's best friend, I thought that Max's impending death would have been enough for her to break free from those vines and get Vecna away from Max. Uh, and that that's the only thing I just, that was kind of like weak sauce if you will uh for me uh and i also kind of thought that uh they would have done the monologue before episode nine but yeah i mean i just that's the only thing i really didn't didn't like about uh the monologue and and the fact that even still he 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 technically hasn't really even just said i love you to her face it was kind of like in a moment of (laughs) desperation uh, but other than that, I thought Finn did a great job. I know he's had there's been some criticisms about his performance in that, but I'm like, I mean, I thought he did a really good job. I mean, that's like the biggest thing that he did this season. Like, you've got to, yeah, you, you know, take it for what it's worth sometimes. So, and and as far as Michael Eleven, the season. Um, I like the the kind of more grown up feel to them this season. Like the the argument they had earlier on, and uh, how she really was good. You know, she really did bring up some good points uh, about like, hey, you know, you you have to like tell me that you love me. Like, you know, I, sometimes it's okay to to tell people that you love them instead of writing from. Uh, on letters as if she (laughs) didn't know it was from him but um also the only thing I didn't really like about when they reunited was I wish we could have had a little bit more of maybe her seeing her in like her downtime when she wasn't in Nina like actually thinking about him or him like there being more of an urgency to find her like what, what happened with Joyce and Hopper like they're uh reunion was so really I really felt it because you saw everything that Joyce went through to go find Hopper and so it made it a little bit more gratifying whereas Mike and Jonathan and Will like initially they weren't even going to look for her they actually wanted to leave uh, Lenora so they could go back to Hawkins to be with their friends and family and it wasn't until the FBI agent you know, told them that Eleven and and Owens and the Nina Project was in trouble from uh, the military, was going to try to kill her. And that's when they shifted gears and went to go find Nina to go rescue Eleven. And I just kind of felt like I would have liked to have seen a little bit more urgency uh, from the pizza gang to get to Eleven and maybe even see like an actual, you know, military vehicle or something on the road, like where they're like, Hey, we got to hurry because I just felt like their reunion wasn't as gratifying uh, for me. It was still sweet, but, but other than that, I, I liked Mike and 11 this season uh, probably better than uh, any of the other seasons thus far, even though they weren't together the entire time. I I felt like they both matured and grew as people when they weren't together, which I think will be very good for them moving forward in, in season five.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I like that it was more mature and I liked when Mike and Will were talking and he was like, yeah, like, you know, we've had fights before, but this is this is different. This felt more adult, you know? And uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like that was one of the issues of the California plot where they spent so much time just riding around in a van. Yeah. That it lost that sense of urgency, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Where, like, the Russia plot, you know, there was that sense of urgency the whole time. Mm -hmm. And it felt like the only time we really got a break from that sense of urgency was when, like, Hopper and Joyce, like, finally got together and they were trying to get the helicopter working. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like a brief reprieve. But even that got cut off by the phone. So, yeah, I feel like they kept the tension in that storyline as the same way they kept the tension in the Hawkins storyline. But I felt like that wasn't really there in the California storyline, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I agree about that. Um, And I I can see your point about Max and Nell as well. Um, I, I didn't feel that as much for me. You know, I kind of felt like you know, sometimes you like, you want to do something, but you're so exhausted. And sometimes the pep talk can Mm -hmm. really help. That was kind of how I saw it. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I I think they need to address that too. The fact that like Mike is able to say, I love you and express how he feels in a time of crisis, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but he's not able to say it, you know, in times of, you know, more peaceful times, I think, Mm -hmm. That's something that you know Mike really struggles with, and you know, from Will and Elle's perspective, it's like, well, if you can do like if you're all in, you know, when you know I'm a, like I'm gonna die here. <laughs> like, you need to be you need to be all in the rest of the time because I'm like it feels awful when you're like this person says I love you, they care about you, they'll do anything to help you mm-hmm. when things are bad, but the minute things are good and everything's calm they can't say it, they don't keep in touch as much, you mm-hmm. know, so I could, I could really understand their perspective, and I, I don't know, like, my heart hurt for them, and, you know, and again, I don't think Mike was doing that intentionally, I think he just struggles with that, mm-hmm. and that's his, like, for his own, you know, reasons, with his own family, not because of, you know, um, you know, any, not because he doesn't love Elle or care about Mike, mm-hmm. you know, but that's how they, that's how it feels to them, so, I could like I could appreciate that. Uh yeah, I, I could appreciate that as well that as well. And I liked, yeah, I felt like the relationships this season felt more mature, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mike and um, Lucas and Max. Um, you know, we finally Joseph Hopper get together. Um, yeah, I just felt um, yeah, it just felt more real. And I th- I think. You could also really see the contrast too between like you know how steve stepped up this season and you know his interactions with nancy versus like her relationship with jonathan you know like i felt like all the other characters really like we saw them transform we saw them mature we like Mm -hmm. it it was go we saw it go like in a forward direction Mm -hmm. whereas i felt like jonathan really regressed this season yeah like yeah he went you know he went from this you know older brother who was taking care of Will and was on top of everything and working to support his family you know and so like well all, all of his actions you know weren't always good you you understood where he was coming from but this season all he did was get high and hit golf balls at cars and drive the van sometimes uh, <laughs> you know that was yeah. it meanwhile like you know him to Steve like he has skin in this game you know so Jonathan should be you know should be really on the ball because, like, you know, his brother and his adoptive sister are in danger. Mm-hmm. They can't get a hold of her mom. She's in Alaska, as far as they know. Like, you know, this is his hometown. These are his brother's friends. You know, his girlfriend is in Hawkins. Like, he should be mm-hmm. on the ball, but he wasn't. Meanwhile, Steve, and I like I saw a really good uh post about this about like basically how each character, each set of characters are kind of in their own genre of, you know, like of, of movie or TV show. Mm-hmm. Whereas what makes Steve so great as a character is he goes between genres, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and he's kind of in, like, on a space onto his own. And what makes him so it's an interesting character, think why people love him so much is because all the other characters have skin in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. There's something that's affecting them personally, either, like, threat to themselves, the person they love, friends, a sibling, a family member, you know? Like, they, mm-hmm. they have a reason to be there. Um, but Steve, Steve doesn't have that. You know, like he originally got involved because he was dating Nancy, but then they broke up and, you know, like they were, like, they were still like, he brings flowers to her house and Dustin, you know, he you know, kind of intersects with Dustin. And so like at this point, he doesn't like owe these people anything, you know, he doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't have to be there. Um, You know, he has no siblings, you know, his parents obviously don't like, you know they're obviously not close, you know, they sure as hell wouldn't be talking to Christmas lights if he went missing. <laughs> you know, like you know, like he's yeah. Rich, he's like he doesn't he doesn't need to be there. Like even Robin, like she doesn't need to be there either, but she's more of an outcast. You know, she's in band, she's you know, like she's more of an outcast. So it kind of makes more sense for her to be hanging out with these guys. But Steve mm-hmm. doesn't have to, he doesn't owe them anything. He's there legitimately because he cares and mm-hmm. he, you know, he he's realized that like trading his popularity and the assholes he used to be friends with for these weirdos (laughs) makes him happy. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, he's, he's taking on this big brother babysitter kind of protector role. And he's like, he's the first one, he's the first one who goes in danger, goes in ahead of everybody else, even though you like, you know, he could walk away and the government, like nobody would ever bother me and the government's not after him. Mm -hmm. Like he could walk away at any time but he chooses to stay and i think that's what made part of what i think made me root for him this season and for him and Nancy to get back together because it's like yeah y- you want the guy who's going to show up and do the right thing even if he doesn't at his own personal cost even if he doesn't have to versus the guy who should be you know should be there for you has every reason to be there for you but in- instead decides not to be you know what i mean mm-hmm. Like, like I could write, like, I have so many thoughts on this arc. Like I could write you a novel, like on this Steve, Nancy, Jonathan, Nancy arc, because like I came into the season rooting for Jonathan, Nancy. I thought they were super cute last season, Uh you know, and it kind of felt like, you know, if you look at seasons like one and two, especially season one, you know, both Steve and Jonathan do things that are absolutely like reprehensible. But Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like by the end of the season that they'd redeemed themselves and you could see why Nancy was torn and you could see in season two with, you know, her trying to deal with her grief. And like I said, last time we talked that like, you know, it was kind of nobody's fault that Steve and Nancy broke up like it was Mm -hmm. her and with her grief and, you know, having to pretend like everything was okay. And Jonathan understood that in a way that Steve didn't. And, you know, they seemed really cute in season three and, you know, they were a team. Like they worked well as a team, you know. Like mm-hmm. Nancy had the plan, and Jonathan drove. And you know, you saw Steve, you know, becoming friends with Robin, and I thought they were gonna get together, mm-hmm. you know. So I really rooted really that. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, um, I mean, I love their dynamic as friends, like I wouldn't change that, but like you know, coming into that season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is I figured that like Jancy, Nancy and Jonathan were gonna be end game and you know, that there was something up with them not spending time together for spring break, but you know, mm-hmm. we were gonna find out what that was, and then Steve was gonna get a new love interest. Um, but then I came out of it just rooting for Nancy and Steve. I just want Jonathan to just piss off because like he added nothing to the plot, uh-huh. he repeatedly like lied to her, like he literally admitted to Argyle that. He, like he's been lying to Nancy, he doesn't want to go to Emerson with her, and he's been trying to slowly break up with her, but when she attempts, at least twice, when he shows up in Hawkins, you know, you got that sense that she was about to kind of try to have that talk and break up with him, he changes the subject, he gaslights her, he's like, we're okay, right? She's like, oh yeah, we're fine, like, he manipulates her, he continues uh-huh. to lie, and I just felt so bad for Nancy, because it's like, you know, she's being tied down by her relationship to Jonathan, and she's not getting anything of it physically or emotionally. You uh-huh. know, she's not, like, they're together kind of in name only, and on a personal level, uh-huh. having been in a long relationship in the past, I really connected with that, because, like, yeah, it gets to that point where you've been with someone for so long, but you're not in the same city, uh-huh. and so you're with them, so, like, you're out, like, you can't flirt with other people, you can't get involved with somebody else, but you're, like, they're not there and you're not getting any of those things you're supposed to be getting out of the relationship. And like, I've been there (laughs) and, you know, like Nancy is staying with him because, you know, she loved him once and, you know, she thinks they have a future together. They're going to Emerson together, but we, the audience know that they don't because, you know, Jonathan says he's not going with her. Now we don't even know, like, did he not get in? Did he not apply? Mm -hmm. Like I thought we were gonna get clarity on that in volume two. Mm -hmm. you know, like, what the hell was going on with Jonathan, because the excuses he gives are total BS, like, oh, I can't leave my mom, my brother in this state, like, they, like, they've survived worse, they'll be fine, you know, Mm -hmm. like, that's obviously not what it was, and, like, I feel like if he actually came out and said that, both Joyce and Will would be like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And, and so, like, it's just, I was just so mad at him in that last scene because it's like, she's giving you an out here. You can be like, hey, you know, like I didn't get in or I don't want to go. Or, you know, like, I feel like we've been growing apart because Nancy outright says to Robin, like, she's like, I don't know if it's because we're so far apart or if he's met somebody else. Like that's, you know, that's how bad this, you know, things have been. Yeah. And then he keeps her tied down. And, but she, like when, you know, we the audience know that she could be happy with Steve, you know, Mm -hmm. Steve wants- to marry her and have a life with her and get six kids and a Winnebago, you know, he'd follow her anywhere, you know, uh-huh. he'd like, he'd happily, like, his, I saw people being like, oh, well, you know, he said that in the beginning of the season that like, he didn't want, he, you know, he didn't want to get this one girl because, you know, she's going out of state for school and, you know, and that stuff. It's like, okay, but that's some random girl. This is Nancy we're talking about. He would, he would move to Georgia. He would move to Atlanta to be with uh-huh. her. Like he'd yeah. 100% would do that and it's not like he's got anything tying him to Hawkins because like they don't say where well, Robin's going to school but she speaks five languages she's obviously gotten into some amazing college once she moves like I mean it's not like it's his life dream to work at the video store you know yeah like he's you know he's got like the same things tying him to Hawkins at that point once the fall comes or the same things tying Nancy you know it's 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 all the kids mm-hmm. like you know they can stay in touch and you know um they'll be back for holidays in the summer so like you know nancy you know jonathan should could have done the right thing and broken up you know just broken up with nancy or just had that conversation been honest uh-huh. with her and then nancy could have spent some time grieved her relationship because it's like two years of her life and then gotten back together with steve and they could be planning a future and taking trips down to see the school and everything like they could be doing that but mm-hmm. instead, Jonathan is keeping her tied to this relationship because he's too much of a coward to face his own fears and acknowledge what's actually going on. And she tries repeatedly and then he makes her feel crazy for thinking there's something wrong. And like, ah, oh, like, yeah, I just came out of the season being like, Jonathan is a wet fish. And between volume one and two, like, I was like, that is a wet face, but like, I didn't have like, a strong opinion on him. And after volume two, I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, how freaking dare you do that to her? Like, and like, why is Nancy staying with this guy? Like, Steve just poured his heart out to her, was like, if you want this, great. If you don't, like, because that's the thing too, like, he he doesn't say we need to be together. He doesn't push her. He doesn't pressure her. He doesn't try mm-hmm. to make a move. He just says, he presents her with options. He says, you know, like, He's realizing they might die, and so he's honest with her, and he's like, "I feel like if we were meeting now. If you know, if somebody had broken my heart previously, mm-hmm. if we were meeting now for the first time, I feel like we would have made it, which is what fans have been saying for years. Yeah. You know, I don't want this with you. I want a life with you. If you want that, great. If you don't, I will respect that. I will always be your friend. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you could see that contrast because, you know, I feel like Steve's the type of guy. They showed us this season." That Nancy could, like, move away, marry Jonathan, have kids, whatever, and she could call Steve at, like, two in the morning, out of the blue, six years from now, Steve would pick up that phone and get on the next plane if she needed his help. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... yeah. Whereas Jonathan, like, it's like if they're not having sex, he's not interested in her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like... You know, it's like he's only there for her when he's getting something out of it. And it's like, dude, like, if, you know, you're obviously not happy. You can blame it on Disney. You can blame it on you wanting different things. You know, like, feel, like, I've been theorizing. It's like, well, did he not get in? Like, what is the, like, whatever your issue is. But keeping her tied to this relationship when she could be happy with somebody else is just cruel. And yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Steve and Nancy.
1: So I know we've already kind of touched on a little bit about the epilogue of season four, but, like, can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you didn't really like about it and kind of what, if you had the opportunity, what you would have done differently for the epilogue?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just kind of felt like, it kind of pissed me off. Like, it kind of felt like a cop-out, you know? Mm Mm-hmm um and like I hate that they skipped the two days I hate that we didn't get to see everyone mourning Eddie you know because we saw Dustin's reaction but we didn't get anybody else's and it's not even clear if Mike knows that he's gone yeah because you know like we saw that he had like he he had grown his hair out to like look like Eddie's this Mm -hmm. guy's like his role model and you know like we know that like Luke like we know that Lucas and and Mike and, and Dustin and presumably Will, because like, you know, they moved the buyers move in October. So that, mm-hmm. that's what I think is pissing me off. People are acting, like I saw people online being like, Oh, Will and Eddie would have loved playing DD and they never even met. And I'm like, Yes, they did. They were in school there for two months before the buyers moved in October. They yeah. established that at the end of season three. And it's like, Will's the diehard DD fan. So they absolutely did meet. Like yeah. 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 I just thought that was ridiculous. I was like, people need to go back and watch the of season three. Um, so, like, it's not clear if Mike even knows that Eddie is dead. Like, I feel like he mm-hmm. doesn't because um, he seemed way too chipper, you know? Um, yeah. We don't get to see Lucas' reaction. Um, we don't get to see Will's. I mean, he didn't know the guy very well, but still, they like, you know, it's still sad. Um, you know, so I would have liked to have seen that. It's also not clear if they, like, what happened to Eddie's body? Did they leave it in the upside down? If so, why? Like, yeah. I mean, like, after the other, they could have brought it back and I get the Dustin couldn't have carried it, but the others got back into the right side up and so did Dustin. So I'm like, well, they could have gone back for Eddie's body. They could have, like, been like, hey, we, you know, we, they could have brought it out and been like, hey, like, we found this. Yeah, they could have just been like, hey, we found this body." Like, there's, like, as far as the town knows, there was a massive earthquake. So it's not like that would be weird. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, or, like, anonymously called it in or something. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of weird that we didn't, like, we didn't really find out what happened there. Because when the mm-hmm. passing characters have died, like, we've either seen their funeral or seen, you know, their gravesite. Or, you know, we've kind of gotten... Um, you, like we've kind of gotten some further information or just like it's been implied. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand why they did that. It also wasn't super clear to me whether or not what Eddie did actually helped. because like something I loved was that like when Eddie took the flame floor to the Demo, the Demogorgon's, like he saved the day there, which I thought was hilarious, like yeah. many of all people. Um, and it was very clear the impact that had But Eddie goes back, it's not clear if him running back into the Demobats actually does anything to help Mm -hmm. because like, they'd already distracted them enough. And Steve, Nancy, and Robert were already inside his lair and going after Vecna. So even if the Demobats had gone back at that exact moment, they'd still just like throw a Molotov cocktail at Vecna and shot him. And then because Max died for a minute, they were able to go back in through that gate. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, it didn't seem like the Democrats were a threat at that point. And I get that, you know, he felt bad that he just left Chrissy there. But, like, unless I'm missing something, like, it wasn't super clear if what he did had an impact, you know? Mm-hmm. And he could have just gone back with Dustin and lived and been totally fine. And, like, I don't think that, like, it didn't seem to me like that was going to affect the outcome. Mm-hmm. So... Like my friends and I were talking afterwards we were like, Yeah, I feel like I wish they'd done that differently. Um, so that bothered me. Um, and like, I'm also mad that like, I said this before, but that like Steve wasn't at the cabin and that Jonathan was there instead because he contributed like nothing to plot, terrible boyfriend, largely absent. Uh-huh. He brothered around. Like, and like, yeah, I like the scene when they were at the, the donation center and you know, Steve was looking on as like Robin and and Vicky kind of had their moment, but I thought what they should have done is cut from that and be like, okay, establish that shot and then have everybody, you know, either Robin stay behind to, you know, talk to Vicky, continue talking to Vicky or, you know, Steve and Dustin, anyway, like cut to everybody being at the cabin Mm -hmm. rather than um, just the California crew and some of the Hawkins crew, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you know, our girl's over there picking wild mushrooms. Again, Jonathan lies. He could have just been honest, been like, Oh yeah, he's high. But instead he just laughs it off, like, oh yeah, like he's eccentric. <laughs> like, like he just continues to lie. And just we just got like a very long scene of just like Jonathan lying. Uh-huh. Rather than like, and also that at like the moment I went from being like, I'm ambivalent about this guy to hating Jonathan as a character was when he made that dig at Steve. Yeah. Like. When he was like, who would have been in charge? Steve? It's like, excuse me? Like, and people were like, I feel like he's picturing Steve in a previous season. I'm like, okay, what season is that? Because last time I checked, Steve's been saving Jonathan's ass since season one. Last time I checked, you know? Um. So yeah, so I, and like to see everyone's reaction to, Realizing the upside down is coming into the right side up because everybody else like, we got to their reaction to like what they thought was snow and obviously mm-hmm. the main characters know it's not snow, but they're not knowing it's not snow and it, like, it could be ash, it could be a lot of things versus the characters of the cabin know what it is mm-hmm. so yeah, like I said before, I would have liked to see where Murray end up where like Dimitri the garden his family wound up. Um... Yeah, I would have liked to see everyone's reaction. Um, And everybody thought of that scene, you know, when we got pictures of it, that like, we was coming out to Mike and really they were just talking about Elle and Vecna um, and and Brenner and all that. Um, Also, I feel like I would have, like, people were theorizing before volume two came out that like, Hopper was going to be kicking some ass, like, you know, because of his whole thing about, you know, like, he convinced Brenner to help him help Elle lead a normal life where she's not being poked and prodded. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what happened. So I I was kind of thinking that, you know, that they were going to wind up killing Brenner but keeping Owens alive, you know, because he was useful. But like when he shows up, like, I don't think, I think like Owens people gave them a sanitized version of what happened because I feel Mm -hmm. like if they knew the story, they would have gone ballistic. But they did not go ballistic. And so... Like, like, I'd like to see that addressed in season five, like, in the first episode, because, like, yeah. the house got shut up, they almost died, she hit somebody with a roller skate, she got, like, you know, like, she got, you know, tranquilized and all of that, but, like, she wakes up in, like, that suit and in her, and with her head shaved, that means that, like, they, like, I was tranquilized, and then they undressed her and shaved her head and redressed her, like, without mm-hmm. her consent which is super messed up, and it's like, I don't know if Elle even understands like, her big issue was her hair, right? Yeah. But like, I and mean like, that was just obviously like, that was a sign of her, like, her being able to grow it out was a sign of her, you know, getting out of British control and all that. Obviously, that's important to her. But like, in, in season one, she goes to undress in front of the boys, and she doesn't understand that that's wrong, mm-hmm. which seems to pretty heavily imply that that was something she frequently did around the adults that ran the lab, mm-hmm. which is like, super messed up so like I don't think if Elle even understands that that's wrong that like that shouldn't be happening to her so I was like I was expecting some kind of like follow-up on that Mm -hmm. you know like some kind of conversation about like that not being okay and explaining it to Elle and them really talking about what happened and the bullies and you know I was expecting Will to kind of go off and be like I was expecting you know like Elle and and Jonathan to continue lying or you know to be kind of embarrassed and not want to talk about it and Will being like I've been covering for you but like this is not okay we're not okay like you guys are not okay like we're miserable in California you know like I was expecting that kind of a scene Mm -hmm. and we didn't get that so I'm hoping that you know first episode of you know um of season five we are gonna get that like I hope they're not gonna skip ahead too far or we're going to get flashbacks or you know like I just hope it's going to be addressed in the first episode of season five like all the stuff I I thought would be addressed at the end of this season because it the skipping two days and not doing that really felt like a cop out to me Mm -hmm. and it felt unsatisfying you know like when they were promoting the season everybody kept saying that like that was going to haunt your dreams and that like he was a super scary villain and he is what haunts my dreams personally is not Vecna, it's the state we left our characters in. You know, yeah. like, I don't know how I'm gonna season five, you know, because they're left in this uncertain place. So you're like, oh my God, like they didn't break up. Are they gonna get together? Do they know what happened? You know, you're left in this kind of unsettling state of like what's gonna happen. Um, and so I wish they'd address that at the end of season four rather than pushing that to the beginning of season five
1: yeah um you know i'm i i did not have a problem with the way they ended the ninth episode necessarily i liked how you know we see the snow uh coming down and then you know them looking over the hill at hawkins and and the upside down now taking over i also really loved how you know when holly says you know look mommy it's snowing how there's already an implication there that the parents or at least karen wheeler will be more involved next season because now you know we see karen looking at the snow and and looking like she's kind of uh perplexed as to why it's snowing in April uh and you can tell that she kind of kind of senses that something's not right here and of course our our characters they know what it is and uh I really loved that final shot um the only thing and and also uh like you said about the two-day gap um I thought that could have been handled a little bit better, especially with the whole Eddie thing. Uh, hopefully, we'll see a little bit of that next season. But um, the only thing I really wish they would have done at the end of season four was put in a post-credit scene. Uh, like I waited, like I watched through the entire uh, episode of episode nine. To see if they were going to do that and they didn't and I kind of wish they would have uh or maybe stop the, ep- the epilogue at the particles falling and then pick up with a post credit scene of uh you know showing like Vecna uh you know him like looking up or something or showing um a brick a uh, a brief glimpse of some of these, uh, these monsters or whatever that, you know, he has planned for after, um, the Upside Down, you know, officially takes over. I think I would have loved to have seen that versus, uh, you know, what we saw, but at least just have a post-credit scene in there. So at least, you know, we have a, a little bit better understanding going into next season, but other than that, I I like the epilogue. So
0: yeah, I I can see that too. Um, I think a post credit scene would have been good. I think maybe that would have addressed my issue of like you know okay we have stuff in the cabin you know and then maybe the post credit scene like we see that the snow falling in the post credit scene you know being um, you know all like all of the characters. Like, they've all been called to the cabin, and they're looking out at, you know, realizing that the upside down is coming into the right side up. Mm-hmm. And then we see the shot of Vecna or something, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, um, he's, uh, even though, like, I know that Will says, you know, he's hurting, he's hurt. And I, I know that, we know that Vecna is still alive. But, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to still have still seen him despite that him still having the the desire to enact his plan and definitely see him a little bit more angry now because I definitely think that number one I mean he's he's ticked off there's no doubt about that and number two I still I don't think we've even come close to seeing what all he's capable of and especially now that they have made him mad uh, by following a lot of his plans and, and hurting him and stuff. Uh, you know, he's definitely going to come back with a vengeance next season. And I just guess what I'd like to have seen him, uh, you know, begin the process of what he showed Nancy in the visions of what he's uh, about to unleash on the world. That That's the only thing I wish they would have done.
0: Yeah I agree I think that would have been that would have been a good place to leave it um yeah I agree.
1: So you want to talk a little about season five a little bit?
0: Yeah let's do it.
1: All right so I have just a couple questions uh right now because um you know they're not even haven't even started writing for season five yet. Yeah. But I mean I think um the good thing about this season four and season five being connected as like the ending of the show is and this is kind of like unlike any other season thus far you kind of already have an idea as to what could happen next season uh versus like for season three like we didn't really you could have technically ended the whole series with season three even though everyone else you know moved on and or moved away and stuff but you could have ended it right there because they did their duty like what they had to do with season four you definitely know they're gonna go right into battle against Beckner and the upside down so um the Duffer brothers have confirmed we will learn the reason behind why the upside down is stuck in 1983 so if you had to guess you know what would you say is the reason for that?
0: Okay, I've got a theory on this one. So my theory on it is that I think Will created it with his mind without realizing it when he was stuck in the upside down season one. And like, cause we see him, you know, people have commented on how, you know, this isn't the first time we've seen music save a character because he was singing the clash to himself while he was stuck down there. And he survived down there longer than anybody else. He survived down there for a week, you know, and nobody else, nobody else has uh, for that long. Um, and so my theory is that like, because when we see the backstory on Vecna and he, you know, he falls into the upside down, um, it's this rocky kind of barren landscape, Mm -hmm. but we see it today and it looks exactly like Hawkins, but creepy. And from what we learned at the Wheeler House, when Nancy's like, the diary entry, the last diary entry is literally November 6, 1983, She's writing about her making it with Steve, but oh, but it's not serious. We see that even, you know, I like that little tip there where we see even she's lying to herself in her diary <laughs> entries. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I really like that about season one where it was kind of like, I've seen some good commentary on like Nancy, what Nancy says versus how she actually feels, you know, that mm-hmm. um, she really like downplayed that relationship to the point that everybody's like, this isn't you, but it's like from the beginning, she was super into Steve and Steve was super into her and I love that. Um, but, like, it, it's not just frozen, like, in 1983 in general. Like, it's frozen on the exact day Will disappears and Elle escapes the lab. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's very significant. Um, and the thing I, the reason I think it's Will that accidentally, not accidentally, but, like, all realizing it created it in, you know, in the image of what he, what's in his memories, is because Nancy, when she's going through her room, you know, She's pointing at all this stuff that was there in season one. Now, Will is Mike's best friend. You know, they met in what, I think, kindergarten. So he, mm-hmm. like, he's been in the Wheeler House. He would have like seen the inside of Nancy's room, you know, like from the doorway or whatever. Like, you know, I, I could see there be some kind of a real words like, you know, something fell off a shelf in Nancy's room and, you know, Will went in to put it back or whatever. Like mm-hmm. he like he would know the Wheeler House intimately. Right. So yeah. he would know about all that stuff that was there. So if it's coming from his own mind, then it makes sense that, you know, Hawkins looked exactly the way it did on the day he disappeared because that's what he's thinking about in, you know, trying to survive down there. Um, versus, you know, we don't see L check out the wheeler house and go into Nancy's room until like later the following day. And so mm-hmm. it can't have been that can't have come from Elle. Initially, because she'd never like she'd never seen a music box before. Like that, like that's she didn't have that knowledge. She wasn't currently connected to the upside down, like when she's doing that. Mm-hmm. But Will was. Um, so that's my theory there. And so I think that, you know, it started with that. And then after they rescue Will, um, I think Vecna built on that and incorporated his own memories of his own home. Um, because the house we see, you know, um, looks more like it did when um, like the Creel House looks more like it did in the in the memories we see. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think Vecna built on that. And then once he got stronger with each kill, um, he adds to that world. So places that like, neither like Vecna nor Will nor El had ever been like the trailer, for example, none of them had ever been there or the trail park probably didn't exist, you know, back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, or may not have, you know, with each kill, you know, he like Brenner says that he takes on their abilities, their memories, all this stuff. Um, And we see when he's in like his lair, that he's able to see the insecurities and like inner thoughts of everybody. And I'm excited to see them explain that. Because, okay, like we know what he's doing, but they don't, they didn't fully explain how is he able to like, see into the minds of all these characters in Hawkins, you know, Mm -hmm. like, how is he doing that? So that's, that's my theory. I think Will, you know, he was, he was down there, he was singing, like we never really, they never actually show us, you know, they show him in Castle Byers, they show him singing, but we don't really get any other images of what was like, what was really going on. And so I wonder if it's, you know, like he, he gets taken, and, you know, he creates somewhere in his mind, like he, Donald says he's good at hiding. So he creates somewhere in his mind where he feels safe to hide from the Demogorgon, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, although then there's a theory like, was it Vecner or Was it the Demogorgon that went after him originally? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, that's my theory. I think, and I think that's going to be critical. Cause once they figure that out, I feel I, like what I'm really hoping to see is that, you know, people have talked about maybe will having powers. I feel like, he does, but they're kind of latent, and I feel like, because they haven't explained where like, Henry Creel before he became Vector, where he got his powers either, mm-hmm. so, like, I feel like they explained that more, they've, like, you know, people have highlighted the similarities between Will and Vecna, I think he took him because he saw part of himself in him, why did he allow Will to survive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, because now we know that he was, like, Vecna was down there the whole time, he could have just killed Joyce and Hopper, but he let them take him back to the surface why did he let that happen you know um yeah so i'm i'm curious about that and i I, what i'm really hoping for is a storyline in which will becomes more comfortable with himself and accepts himself fully and instead of you know constantly you know giving up his own happiness so the people in his life can be happy he puts his own happiness first and i think out of that his powers will emerge they'll figure out what's really going on and him and Elle and possibly her sister Callie as well are going to like team up and it's going to be like a showdown where like the three of them team up to take down Vecna while everybody works on distracting the creatures mm-hmm. um I could see that kind of team up which would be epic and I, yeah I'm really hoping for a storyline where like Will comes into his own and through that his powers emerge rather than it being forced out of him like I'd really love to see um you know just you know that that being where it comes from because this season, they really emphasize. They think that what makes Elle stronger than Vector in the long run is her ability to harness happy memories, not just angry or sad ones. Mm-hmm. Her ability to feel in love, um, and I think Will has a lot of those qualities as well. And so, I think if they teamed up, and it emerged from that, um, that would give them the ability, if they you know combined, to to take down Vecna because he can only pull from angry or sad memories. Um, And he doesn't feel that capacity for love. He doesn't feel that, you know, that capacity for kind of the the range of emotions that and experiences that they feel. Um, So that's 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 my that's my personal theory.
1: Yeah, I've um, I've seen that theory floated around uh, on the Internet as well. And and part of part of me thinks, okay, that really does make sense. That would be the most uh, logical uh thing that could happen. Um, but then, you know, after seeing it, all that was revealed in the final two episodes of this season, where we know now that, you know, it's been Vecna the entire time with the mind flare control and controlling the demic organs and, and all that good stuff. And you know, when we see him go into the upside down before it, it turned into like the like Hawkins, you know, it's it's a different, totally different realm, different place, and we see him form what will become the Mind Flayer, and uh, he he also basically tells Eleven that, you know, everything that's happening now was it's basically been always been part of my plan. I just needed someone to open the door, which was her, and so now I I kind of think that uh Vecna has shaped the upside down uh into his image and things that he um you know wants it to do so that you know when he takes over the world I think it's all kind of part of his plan um and I think that's one of the reasons that it stuck on the same day that Eleven opened the gate. Now, if Vecna is the one who is sort of pulling those strings of that, um, I don't really know why he, if he is the one who uh, intentionally uh, caused it, the space between, uh, or the rift between time and space to stop, the upside down to keep it stuck in 1983 I don't really know why um you know he would do that um other than I've also heard the theory that he wants to uh turn everything the time back to before 11 banished him there but now I, I'm thinking he actually likes it in the upside down uh because it's you know, the world he always kind of dreamed of, but I think, I think Vecna has molded the upside down into Hawkins, I, um, I mean, that's what I think, I mean, I could be totally wrong, it could have been Will the entire time, but moving forward, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm going to use kind of as my default for that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I could also see, you know, like I said, being a combination thereof, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like, I don't think it's just going to be like one thing or one answer. So that's kind of what I like about where they left it, where, you know, it's kind of up for interpretation and speculation. And I I could see it being kind of a combination of things, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. especially because they said that, um, you know, like as Vecna grows stronger, you know, he takes on memories and abilities and stuff of of the people he kills and interacts with so i could see it kind of you know not being just one thing it being a combination of things Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i could see that as well
1: so um one last question before I, i get you out of here um how do our heroes win like how do they defeat Vecna and the upside down like What do they need to do? Like, how do they do it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, My personal theory on that one is, so when we saw, uh, when we saw like Owens and Brenner arguing about, you know, going back to Hawkins, was it Mm -hmm. safe, all that stuff. uh, Owens mentioned another facility that they had, another lab where it's like, okay, if we leave now, we can do that now. And then we can, you know, then we can go to Hawkins after that. So presumably that, that location, that facility still exists um, or not, they could build another one. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm guessing a big part of season five would be L strengthening her powers, Mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of it, you know, Mike was saying to, to Will that, you know, like she's, she's, you know, Brenner's gotten into her head and she thinks he might've been right. And, you know um, so I think her going and strengthening her powers Is gonna be you know that so she can you know like Owen said hit this thing so hard you can't get back up. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that's gonna be a big part of uh, of the season and um her developing her powers further will allow her like so one thing I think is interesting is that because we know that L you know like Brenner based the program around uh Henry Creel Mm -hmm. and you know like we talked about last time you know I that you know, that El Elle, is more powerful than the other children, and that to, to you and I, it seemed kind of obvious that, you know, the reason for that is, you know, like, she got her powers kind of in, like, well in the womb, and then they were developed further, um, and about, you know, Brenner being her father, which, I mean, they didn't, like, I feel like you could interpret it other ways, but I felt like that was pretty clear, like, in his death scene, when he was, like, you were my child, like, I, like, my family, I was, like, I feel like that's, I feel like that was pretty blatant. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was like, yeah, I kind of always suspected that. Like, you know, like we talked about, like he, I mean, he put freaking helicopters in the air to look for her. Mm-hmm. He did it for no other no one else. And she realizes he's always been searching for Henry, and that's what caused all of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I so because we know that and because she displays the same kind of powers that um that Henry went that Henry did at that stage. I think it, it's possible that since he can use his powers for evil, like he can take in other people's, you know, memories and abilities, open gates when he kills people. We know that El can also open gates without killing people. I guess what I'm trying to say is we if, if Vecna can do something, that means that in theory, El can too. She just has to develop those powers and find a way to do it, you know, basically without hurting people, right? Mm-hmm. So I think her developing that further and then figuring out like, how do we activate this in a safe way um, is gonna be a big part of season five. Um, and if I'm right about my theory that Will has powers, I feel like him coming into his own, him discovering his own powers and then them working together to develop them further um, until they're at a place where they feel like they, they're strong enough to take him on. And I could see them enlisting Callie and like kind of her crew because, you know, we know that Vecna makes people see things like their worst nightmare, and like he goes after people who are haunted. Well we know that Callie, you know, she can create things with her mind that aren't there. So I feel like that could be a big part of the plot where she like she comes with them and she's able to counteract what he's doing by creating like nice things, you know what I mean? Rather than like mm-hmm. things that are scary, you know, or like changing it so it's like he'll show the characters like something horrifying, mm-hmm. and she'll change it into something good as an ongoing distraction. Um, and so I could see that kind of them all working together. And then, you know, the others work together to distract the other creatures in the Upside Down, kind of buy them enough time to just take on Vecna himself, like, by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm interested to see, like, once they've killed Vecna, what happens? Because, like I said, like, I've heard that theory that, like, you know, the souls of every like, he's keeping their souls and that those souls will be restored. And people are like, well, does that mean that Barb is coming back from the dead? Like, what is, how far does this go? Bob was killed on the right side up, but he was killed by a Demogorgon. Does he come back? Like. How far does this go? Mm-hmm. You know, does L. You know, if Vegna you know, is able to do this stuff by killing people, could you reverse that and bring people back from the dead? Like, you know, what are the implications? Um, is the stuff in the upside down kind of like fold back in on itself and kind of like, you know, like are we going to see like a reversal where like it all goes like back into a hole and disappears kind of thing, or does mm-hmm. the damage remain? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do the holes close up with the damage remain? You know, like, they, you know, we we, we don't really have those answers. Um, so that that's my theory on how our heroes win. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see kind of, you know, the implications of that because I feel like it is really open-ended. So that's, that's my personal theory.
1: Yeah, I, I to be honest with you, I have no idea how they're really going to win. Other than, I mean, 11 is a key part of that. But what I would really like to know is what exactly is that Soteria uh, composed of? Because I think, obviously, the key to uh, defeating the upside down at large is you have to kill Vecna. And, and uh, I think, for before in order to kill him, you got to limit. His abilities, his what makes him so powerful, and as far as the only thing we know that can do that is the Soteria um, chip implant. So I would really like to know what what is in that within that. Uh, just you know, my own personal uh, curiosity, and if they can find a way to replicate that to use it against him, I think uh, it's a good place for them to start. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I hadn't thought up of that, but you're right. Like, the technology apparently exists, so I guess, would part of it be, you know, them distracting him long enough to reimplant the chip into him, you know, kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Or, like, like, what is it? Like, my kind of thing was that, like, it must do something to, like, the impulses, you know what I mean? Like, something yeah. electrical kind of a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, could they replicate that somehow, or could L replicate that with her powers, you know, because she can manipulate electricity, so... You know, um yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But that's a really good idea for either finding a way to replicate it or re-chip him or yeah. So uh, anything else you would like to to say before uh we go? Oh, just that I'm excited for season five and I'm I don't know how I'm gonna make it, you know, like I'm I wanna know what happens to our characters, you know. I, yeah. Oh, I really so do. do I. Yeah. as do i i'm just
1: it's kind of a, a bittersweet thing because it's like i'm i want to i want to pick up where we left off so bad i want to see how it all ends How what all happens but at the same time just knowing like hey you know we should probably be thankful for this probably two year long wait because after after the credits roll on the final episode that's it for for this stranger things like there's going to be no more like of new seasons of stranger things but i'm just i'm really looking forward to it as well yeah me too so uh jasmine thanks again for uh joining me here on the show you brought up a lot of good points especially about the you know relationships of our characters moving forward and uh yeah i just want to say thanks again for uh coming on the show yeah,
0: thanks for thanks for having me. Um, I'm happy to come back anytime. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome on anytime you you want to come on the show. You know we're going to have our
1: recap episodes uh, coming up soon. So if you want to pick an episode one of your favorite episodes from the season? You want to come on and talk about? We'd well, be happy
0: to have you. Awesome, sounds good.
1: All right, thank you so much, Jasmine, and uh, over and out. <laughs> Over and out.